right, well, welcome to yet another episode of Flip Your Friday. I'm your host, Wynn Silberman. This is my co-host, Casey LeBlanc. Very excited to have George, George Whitville here today, man. Appreciate it. What's up, Let's go, baby. <laughs> How are we doing? Listen, guys, you, you got to understand, this is a unique human being. This guy, I have I know him from my NFL agent days as truly a quarterback whisperer. I mean, you've trained a, a number of first-round picks. Uh, Cam Newton is the first name that would come to my mind, but you've trained a number of young men to even get ready for the combine. But then even prior to that, you, you're known as, do you have these special gifts from the quarterback's perspective of, of how to just kind of prepare an individual to win and, and teach them leadership? And it's, it's really, really cool. And that's just only one facet of what you do. You know, um, you've been an ESPN commentator. You've done all these great things. So I'm really excited just because of our sports background um, to dig into some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, I mean, Casey, what, what would be first on your mind in terms of like what you'd want to ask Georgia? Let's let's get it going. So coaching, we jump right into kind of leadership and people. And you and I have had these conversations. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things you're looking for. For you to want to work with somebody and for somebody to want to work with you. And yeah. let's just jump right in. Great point. First, <laughs> what a thrill to be in the Mecca, right, to, to, <laughs> to be with you guys. Um, it takes a while to come to that point. It, not everybody that comes through the front door do you have to take on. And, and they're either not as sincere or it's not the right fit for you, um, and it take but it takes you know trial and error. I started with a fourth grader. Um, his name is Mikey Hinckley from Carlsbad, whose parents at the time were putting a beer company together. It winds up being Green Flash Beer, right? A little before sure. What it was great. That was for me. Years later, um, I got a call from some folks in South Carolina about a quarterback at the University of South Carolina named Steven Garcia. So now I've had a few quarterbacks in the draft, and we've done a few things, so I immediately called a mentor just to, I've only seen Garcia on TV, but et cetera. And he goes, wait, I don't think that's for it's you. for you, huh? I'm like, yeah, but the SEC and this and this and this. And he goes, yeah, but he's been suspended. He's been a little bit difficult. He's with this and that. You may pour all this effort and hard work into him. He may go back and then do something dumb again, and then he's suspended. But forever on his bio, it's like, I just trained with Whitfield out and say that you're just attached. I'm like, and you don't always run the gauntlet perfect anyway. Did you take him? No. You did not? No. So you passed. Just respectfully, uh, you know, I just... And that's early in your career, right? Yeah. So when you say no early in your career, you got conviction because you understand that that point early of sometimes I do need to say good. Is it conviction or is it for me, if if I'm thinking about that, and this is just from the agent business background, you're also thinking about branding, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Because you have to have a little bit of an instinct. You're taking a risk. If you put your name on someone, just like you said, that, that person better win. Yeah. It better win. So there's the branding. It it comes in, but I don't know how you define branding and maybe I'm saying the same thing. So, well, maybe. Okay. So, so, quarterback coaching has come into fashion oh. right and so can you walk us through maybe the year that you started because you might be one of the first yeah. and probably one of the more popular ones so walk me through maybe the last several years or what what has happened in this industry it's blown it's evolved it's evolved and it's blown up and it's also um it it's gone from teaching to pacifying the guy on the field while you're doing drills. 
it has, it, it's exploded. Um, when I started, I moved to San Diego in 2005 because I'm still trying to, me and my horse are still trying to ride on the arena trail, sure. right, trying to play arena football. So that went, and we got a chance to fulfill the last part of that journey. Then I met that fourth grader and his family, and I got a chance to train. We started with them in June, July, August, me and the fourth grader, right? And then he goes into his fall, and I'm trying to study for law school to go back home and go to Miami of Ohio or Villanova or wherever. And his first Little League game, other parents go over and meet his parents. Where did he learn that, right? He only went four for four, but it was four little good throws. <laughs> I remember this stuff. And they come around, they bring him the following Sunday. So now I have two. And then now you have five. And then I'm training Casey, who's a sixth grader. But he's got an older brother, Wynn, that's a 10th grader. But Casey's doing so well on his footwork that his older brother winds up, you know, I'm cool. I'll come see what my kid brother's doing. And then winds up getting into the workout. That's how I got my first high school quarterback. And then it evolved, and then it evolved, just like a big unicycle, right? So I remember my father at the time, and now he's a retired high school coach. I didn't play for him, but I would have loved to. And principal. Mom's also a teacher. Everybody in the house is like... Standardized. Oh, teaching or coaching, teaching or coaching. That's just the world. So I remember my dad called. I'm just, I'm really just calling to confirm my flight home for the holidays back to Ohio. And he goes, hey, so how is the LSAT stuff coming? How are we doing on that, son? I'm like, oh, pop, we got something over here. I mean, it's going all right, but, and I told him, I'm, I'm working with quarterbacks. I got this, I got that. I'm up to 27 guys. I haven't even done a camp. I got 27 quarterbacks and this. He goes, man, and all my enthusiasm, I'm like, I can't wait to let my dad know this thing I built. You know what he says? He goes, is are you going to go all in or is this a hobby? And he's always like grounded, super positive. He's always grounded. Like you can't go more all in than me. Start of Saturday, end of Saturday, start of Sunday, end of Sunday. And I'm on the, he goes, I get it. But if you're working with Casey and Wynn, you want them to go up, right? The totem pole. Of course. Oh, dad, they got everything. But do you know college coaches? Do you know the college quarterback coach community? Do you know what those guys want to see when you send film up there to them? Do you know guys well enough that you call them, they'll call you back? Do you know what they feel like the most under, undercoached parts of the position are? And are you helping that? He goes, because you think you're working for Casey and Wynn, but right. you're really working for the right. San Diego State quarterback coach, SC's That's quarterback exactly coach. Right. No, those are your clients because if they don't take your students – where is your succession plan going to go? And it, it just knocked me out, right? So I went from I'm getting rest to go out to I'm sitting there and I'm on my third page of notes. And he, go, he, just, he just kept coming with questions. He's not beating me up, but he is. I'm getting sober fast. What gave you a PhD in starting a business? Immediately. Right? In, a, in, a, in an industry that you're almost pioneering, correct? So, uh, yeah, without knowing it. Right. I didn't, so I didn't know any other quarterback coach at the time. So I went to Torrey Pines to go watch a swing coach early on. 
I went over to La Jolla Tennis Club to just watch a tennis coach. And I said, I don't have anything to do with your sport. I just want to know if I can watch you teach. Sure. And some things were good and some things I'm like, they're not applicable. And remember my dad saying to me, he said, again, using you two, if you're on the field with Wynn and you're trying to teach him the three-step drop, and his dad or uncle is there, and they play quarterback, but they challenge you on the method. He goes, you didn't invent the three-step drop. So what's the basis? Do you have a basis for what you're teaching, why you're teaching it, and is it rooted in? Can you cite people? You've working with Casey. Casey's been with you for six, seven, eight months. If I start tomorrow and Casey's there, am I doing what Casey does, or am I doing a beginner program? Well, he's basically saying, hey, this is great start, right. but it, if you're going to evolve a business, it starts with preparation. You have to have a plan, and then you got to start to build on the plan and, well, it, and research, preparation, all of absolutely. these things. Absolutely. That, oh, that was on the first call? That was on the yeah, first that's, call. That's, uh, that's, he, he had a little... How long clicked. is this call? Oh this is, I'm, I'm starting to go like this. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> we, we got the wrong guy on. Is your dad available for this podcast? <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Seniors available. Yeah. But it went... I swear the call, it probably went about an hour and a half. It felt like it went like 15 minutes. I get off the call, and I go back, and I see him, and I start putting things together. That's the holidays. That following summer, I, well, I spent all spring calling colleges. Yeah. I just look at the big brands. I call it Texas, Ohio State, Nebraska, Har- Harbaugh is now at Stanford, San Diego State. So I went to seven different universities. I spent nine weeks on the road. Observing. No. I, I tried Talking, to, right? No, how can I get in and learn what you guys do? So it's like me calling you, hey, Coach LeBlanc at, you know, Barbusa University. You're going to have a camp. <laughs> you're going to have a camp up there at San Jose State. Can I, can I come up there and help you run the camp? You're going to have 300 quarterbacks. You're going to need some guys. My name is George Whitford. I do this, 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 this. I'm working with quarterbacks. Can I come and just... Just be a counselor. Yeah, come on up. Did, okay, so let me ask you, because this is fucking great. Uh, you, you call eight, nine universities. Yep. Is that your, your, your script on all of them? Yes. And on all of them, was the answer yes? No. How many out of the ten or however many that you did? I, I, went, I, went, I went seven for ten. UCLA said no pretty much because – we don't know you or never heard of you, and we're already kind of full. But that was Rick Neuheisel, who I came to love, Rick Neuheisel. Um, who else said no? San Diego State said no for the first time, then called back because of Ed Burke at Torrey Pines. Oh, yeah. Right? An- another mentor of mine. Um, Mac Brown out of the cold Texas air. Yes. Wow. We'll take you. Wow. But so- it's a great point in any space, whether you are in football, business, life, is this idea of creating doors the when they're not there, right? Correct. You, you Correct. can't call them and say, hey, I've got a guy, because you're not that guy you yet. You don't have that credibility. You don't have that credibility. You That's don't incredible. Have the credi- you, I, you, and it sounds so humbling to say, I'm not even at a level I can offer somebody to the two of you. Right. Yep. Based on what? So wh- what I did when I went to those you know, it was eight schools and I cut nine weeks because at Texas, Mac Brown was like, do you want to just go next week? (laughs) 
next week. He goes, I got laundry. We could wash all your stuff. You, you want to just go again? Yep. Yeah. And I made $85 net off of all the flights from what the little stipends they paid me to be at these camps. And it was like gold because the true gold was, you know, those notebooks, um, they look like a pocket square. They're vertical and they have the wiring along the top. Oh yeah. And they fit in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So when you're at Stanford, you're the offensive coordinator. You got all these athletes down. Everybody's on a knee at their different positions. I'm with you with the quarterbacks. There's 10 of 10 volunteer quarterback coaches, Stanford's QB coach, and Stanford's coordinator. And you're breaking down the next drill we're getting ready to do. Man, I'm firing that notepad up. What did he say? Oh, interesting. That's what we're getting ready to do? Oh, I like, the, I like how you use that word. He calls it pogo. Oh, man. I got to ask him are about you, that. Are you, are you cognizant of your learning style? Uh, is that something that you consciously, through your parents, whatever, consciously kind of develop? Because you know, implicitly, you're 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 calling coaches. You need you need you're not reading books. You you want to be there and live an experience. Is that something Correct. that you saw as a style that fits to you, or did you just see that as the best possible way to learn for anybody? I, the latter. Okay. And I don't know if it's for anybody. Okay. But again, if you're going to trust me with your nephew, and you're going to trust me with your nephew. Yeah. And I mean trust, and I say it like that, not just because my son wants to go throw. He can go throw with anybody. But if you're going to trust me, like, that has to be verified in some way. So I need to go put my feet at the, you know, on these different universes. You got to go do the work. Yeah. And they don't have quarterback coach camp. They don't. Right. So a lot of this stuff yeah, I've done the three-step drop. I've played the position. I've won games, but I haven't taught people. That's. I haven't brought anybody through, you did, know. Did some, you feel it was important to have experienced the position of quarterback in order to teach them quarterback? Oh, so that's great. Um, no, I met Andy Reid, Andrew Luck's draft camp. So I, I remember I had Andrew Luck for the draft process. That was a, an education. And when you get to the combine, it is a reunion. All the head coach, like all coaching staffs, front offices, ownership groups, scouting departments all show up. Any steakhouse in Indianapolis for that four or five days, yeah. it's just logos everywhere. Yep. And, and then, you know, we had Ben Roethlisberger in 2009. We had Cam Newton in 2010. We had Andrew Luck in 2012. So at this point recognition-wise, if you come into a room, anybody remotely with quarterbacks, they're like, oh, that's, uh, that's, uh, right, whatever. So I'm taking advantage. I always had a book on me, and I always had a pen on me. So Andy Reid sitting there, had a salad, by the way, when I popped had down a there. salad and uh, probably a shrimp cocktail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, hot. <laughs> and so I popped down, and I started asking him about the – because he didn't play quarterback. Yeah. John Gruden didn't play quarterback. Quite a few did. Uh, Shanahan played receiver. He didn't play quarterback. But he started walking me through. He goes, once you understand the nature of the position and what it means to everything else, then you can start to teach it. But if you try to teach it arrogantly from a distance, and this, just do this and just do that, like you have to have a lot of empathy to coach the position because it takes so much failure and so much humility to be great at it. This is where, okay, so this is a good transition into that, right? We talked a little bit before we started, uh, started talking today on the mental and the physical. So you, you now have 
created a position you've done the research you've, you've you know made 85 dollars a week and yeah. you know you've you no know, 85 total 85 from that summer 80 oh for the whole summer okay so, uh, so once you, you offset in, the flights it, you, yeah 85 dollars <laughs> but but you but you couldn't pay no nope. right nope. there's no amount of money nope. that gets nope. you into those into the building that many times over in that in those programs and right? to hear it from the horse's mouth you're the Nebraska offensive coordinator, Sean Watson, who that's the first place I ever saw somebody bring a non-football piece of equipment on a football field. He brought a broom out. Sean and he goes, hey, our equipment guys are bringing brooms out here. Each code you coaches grab a broom. And he wanted you to move your feet, but he kept it on the ground. Like, you kind of made that. You kind of made that famous from a quarterback. I took it on my own. Yeah. That's what you do. You, right. I'm going to take what you gave me, and it's going to viral out because I'm only doing practice here. Mm-hmm. Like what Iverson was saying, practice. We're talking about practice. That's what we are, not a game. So you have recruiting on top of your slate. You have game preparation on top of your slate. You both have teams and families and all the rest of this stuff. So practice really becomes down to this. And even in practice, individual periods, 10 minutes. A little pregame. I mean, a little pre-practice, a little post-practice. I'm all practice. So I'm working with you. I'm working with Guillermo. Then I get Casey. Hey, Casey, we're going to change the drill. You don't know I'm changing it. I learned something watching these two do it. They kept messing up, but the mess up is actually another drill that gets us close to the, and it just kept viraling. So what I picked up from the horse, hell, that thing is morphed. And then that helped us because I, I have the ability to just hone in on practice. I'm not recruiting guys. I don't chase you in class. We don't have to do shit. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to make guys better. And then language helps. How fast can I recognize what you're struggling with? How fast can I say it? And then how fast can I get you an answer? So let's let's talk about this for a little bit. So you are a coach. And what you've talked about so far, drills, uh, looking at the physical, doing this with your footwork, three-step drop. Let's talk a little bit about the mental. It's mm-hmm. one of the it, – it's yeah. the crucial c- component of, a, of, that, of the most – popular sport mm-hmm. and so the most popular or the most the most important position in the most popular sport let's talk about the mental side uh, from a coaching perspective how are you evaluating that how are you helping people get better from that perspective i'm still working on it because you've and, gotten that part right the physical part you can yep. you figured out you've got the drills you've got this and i would imagine because you, most of them, we'll, we'll talk about the alpha side of it, but quarterbacks are a diff, they're they're the it, right? Yep. And so the mental part of it is probably, I would imagine, and I'm asking, not one size fits all. No, right. no, no. Um, trial and error. So you can, you could find yourself like you don't know who's coming through the door on any given day. In comes a racehorse. In comes another racehorse. In comes a Kentucky Derby champ. Like, all those guys are going to run and run hard regardless. Just help them with their stride or their this or their that. Like, they're already pawing at the ground. You know how great stallions do. I had a – when I was early on, I had a youngster from Carlsbad. His name was Colton Morrison. He played for Carlsbad High. At the time, I'm training San Diego State. And he's young. He's, like, really skinny, like seventh grader. And he never spoke, ever, never spoke. But he could throw and he could move. And I thought, uh-oh, that little boat is going to hit a waterfall and he's going to break at the bottom of the waterfall because he, he, he doesn't know how to catch 
dialogue or respond to it. So he gets into a locker room, into a conflict. He gets into a third down deal or he got to say something. He may have to grab reins. So what I start doing in training, because we're at San Diego State training, and, you know, God bless Tony Gwynn for setting that up. He just comes out. He's like, yeah, you can work out here. So we just kind of just annexed mm. the fields when they weren't being used. Just what you do when you're a startup. So <laughs> the beauty for this was I have a seventh a handful of seventh grade quarterbacks and I got I want to push them out of this nest. So I would take a moment and if I saw a couple coeds who are walking over to that pool and they're dressed like they're going to the pool, I would say, "Hey, you have 3 minutes to go over there and learn three things about those two girls." Yeah. What? No, coach, don't do that. You go or I stop practice and bring them here. <sighs> <laughs> and they're like, they're melting, right? It's important that they have to, you got to go through, you got to bust through this wall. And so awkwardly, you know, straining, sweating. I'm like, listen, you're down to 12 seconds and I can still see him. I'm fast and I'm loud. So I'm going to get, they're going to be over here either way, but you can go do it yourself over there in nine, eight. Off they go. They do it enough, do it enough. Long story short, I take them all the way through high school he does well. He goes on. He comes down here to San Diego State. I think he transferred to Colorado. I go to his graduation party, and his mom and his dad pull me into, like, the laundry room, and they're both crying, right? I'm like, oh, my, what is this? He had a social anxiety deficiency that he had always been working on his whole life. Didn't even actually, like, really speak words until he was, like, eight. Wow. I was like, I didn't know that. She's like, well, we didn't tell you because we saw how you were. We wanted you to keep barking at him to do and to do and to do. And she was like, it's kind of like therapy in a way. You weren't really his coach. She's like, the things you're asking him and demanding of him from the position, he trusted you, but he's having fun, and the ball was like a distraction, but he was, so that I'm crying. And then she pulls out Dick T's two big folders of medical stuff, and she was like, we've been working and working and working. He found an identity and a voice and playing quarterback, so that's important. If you flip the flip side of your question, Casey, when guys get talented and they know who they are, they either they either become a monster in a great way or they become a monster in an unpredictable way. And that on the mental side and the and the uh, kind of the physiological stuff, that gets that gets to be tough. So you you coach Johnny Manziel, correct? Yep. And so he's obviously a polarizing figure on the other side of it. How? Tell me about your experience with him. Love him. I do. Family. Uh, kid brother. But a challenge. So yeah. when when he came out here, I didn't know who he was. We're at UCSD. How, sorry, how, just for context, how, yeah, was he? where was he at this point when you he, when you started? Not, he hadn't started at A&M yet. Okay. okay. So he's 19 years old. He is not a starting quarterback. Right. He's at A&M. Let, let's use this to help the audience understand a process of a quarterback that goes right where you're with John, Johnny Menzel, mm -hmm. okay, and then right through college, and then uh, the combine prep. Yep. Because I think this will all dovetail perfectly into what you're about to say. Oh, so let's share the story. And this is an example of, of how a quarterback gets to the NFL. A 19-year-old, so yeah. how he becomes. Because yeah, at that point, great. his name is Johnny Menzel, but he's not Johnny Menzel. No. no. Right. And the Johnny football thing yeah. hasn't even been thought about. Right. Okay. Uh, so I get a call from Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Who's now the Cardinals head coach. 
and I have history with him. And he says, Wit, I want to send a guy. Send him. This is March. Send him. And he goes, hey, he, he's kind of a wild child, but there is a lot of special to him. But if I can't help him, he goes, I can't help him throw the ball and, like, get what he needs. He's going to leave us, transfer, and probably go play baseball at, like, Arkansas or something. He's a great baseball player. I'm like, oh, wow. All right. Well, yeah, whoever, send him. Okay, deal. So the mom is calling, but we're working with Andrew Luck, so we're in Stanford, and I, we finally work it out. So out he comes. I don't know him, and he's an everyday built guy. Yeah. Everybody else I mentioned, Roethlisberger, 6'6", he's like 280. Like get oh, real. man, Zell's about Casey's build. I'm just a regular guy, 5'8". Five, five, yeah, 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 close. There you go. Sorry, I had to. Yeah. I had to. I'm 5'10 right. with oh, heels on. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the heels. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, Johnny's, he's like in the north, north, north 5'11s, right? Yeah. yeah. As north as you can Thank get. Thank you. Sure. So he is like, okay. Yes. Yeah. Us so, 5'10 guys claim to be 5'11 all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he's out. Logan Thomas is out. And they're both stretching. And, and I don't know too much about him. So I'm writing and I'm setting drills. And I got my interns. And this is day two. I'm like, do you know who he is? I'm like, yeah, Johnny Mans. I was like, no. Do you know what he did in high school? He had 75 touchdowns as a senior in big school Texas football. They were enamored. One of those was a kickoff return. He put himself in the game. The other one was a punt return. He put himself in the game. He scored both times. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So as we go, my effort to him was you got to be organized. Superheroes don't want to really hear that shit. But for a quarterback, you got to be organized. Otherwise, it's give me the ball, give me the ball. These guys can't hold me. I'm going to make the first seven guys miss. I'm going to jump over yeah. two more human. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Okay, I get it. But what happens when they protect? What happens when no one's flying in there? You got to keep the trains on time. Your job is to be a pilot. Pilots don't run up and down the plane. They sit. They execute, right? And they care about all the passengers flying. They don't want puke bags all over the place. They want a nice, smooth, easy flight. Get it up. Get it out. Get, get it down. down. So we went and we go and we go and we went and we go. And he's improving by the day. I'm talking, hey, that stride, Johnny, think about this, think about that. And you got to find your ways to talk to guys. So he shrinks the stride and we shrink this and we shrink that. So now it's the summer. He goes home, he comes back. He goes home, he comes back. I go to Texas another week. So I probably saw him six weeks that same offseason. He gets into training camp and he calls and he goes, you ain't going to believe this. I went from four to three. I'm like, what? There we go. Progress. There you go. Stay at it. Because the goal was not three, right? No, oh, no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm like, well, then you just keep attacking. Because if, if, if you're not one, we can always keep attacking. Right. right. All right. A week later into camp, he goes, you ain't going to believe this. I went from three to two. I'm like, really? Wait, really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, Did, are the other guys healthy? Oh, yeah, they're healthy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, well, good. We'll keep attacking. So Kingsbury sends me a great text. He goes, this rascal is organized and doing things, like, repeatedly. And he's listening, and he's caring about stuff he didn't care about before. I'm like, man. <sighs> right? Yeah. As opposed to anything else. Coachable. Coachable. So now a week before the season starts and Johnny calls me, it's like seven something our time here because in Texas and he goes, they just named me starter. I'm like, are you f for real? He goes, they just named me starter. 
And now it's like, buckle up, right? So now you have all these calls and these, these things that he shares with you. Like, for instance, they got LSU. His first start was supposed to be Tulsa games canceled. I don't know why. LSU is the first game, and he goes, I'm honestly scared to death. I'm like, what? And he goes, well, I've seen them, and I've watched them. Their players come and hang out at the 50, and they loom over you, and they do all this stuff, and we're playing. I'm like, well, just warm up with your back to them. Gives a shit. Do what you got to do. You ain't going out there by yourself. You got dogs going with you, too. Mm-hmm. Your job is to execute. This ain't no 11-on-11 11 11 battle royale. You have the ball. You're the, makes you yeah. the most dangerous man on the yeah. field, right? So you go past that. You go past this. You go past that. So he calls during a Florida State-Virginia Tech Thursday night game. They're playing Alabama two nights later. A&M is. So now we're into the season. He calls. He goes, hey, I know you're watching. Uh, I know you're watching your guy. I'm just because we're working with Logan. He goes, we're going to beat Alabama. And you kind of give him that, you know, no, I know, I know what you're saying, Johnny. It's <laughs> third down. I got, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'm with you for real. He goes, honestly, I'm not bullshit. We're going to beat We're going to beat him. We're going to beat him. He goes, I'm in fucking attack mode. We're going to beat him. This, I, they can't hold me. I'm telling you. And I'm taking my guys with me. Fast forward to after the game. Like, obviously they win. And I get a call, and it's m- more white noise and screaming. <laughs> Because he's now between the locker room and the A&M fans in the tunnel at the, at the yeah. Alabama Stadium. He goes, you're not going to believe this. No, no, I, I watched I the whole it. thing. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, no, I have six, six police officers walking me to find my parents because people try to, they're, they're trying to, it's, I can't describe. He's like euphoric, right? Yeah. Okay, so now we've gone from earn the spot, we're on a run, you beat the Roman army in Rome, yeah. and now you went from good player to exciting player to star because. To microscope. Microscope. Keep going. So they go on this run. Now we're at the Heisman. And I go, I, I went back and forth. Do I go to New York? Do I go to New York? Yeah, let's go to New York. So I go. I join his parents. So a lot of cool down moments. The Friday day of the Heisman, right? Heisman Saturday. We go through Central Park. It's me and Johnny, his dad, and his uncle, and we, we get out of a cab. It's pre-Uber. It's just in the afternoon. We get out, and there's another cab that gets out full of these, like, I think they're Japanese kids, and they turn, and all Japanese, they start yelling, and they get to Johnny football at uh, the back of what they were saying. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. Kid comes up, and I'm like, yeah, I'll take you guys this picture. I'm like, where are you from? And he was like, we're Osaka, Osaka, Osaka. And then only one of them could speak English, but all five of them knew who he was. I'm like, well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Two, fast forward, he gets done with that. And now I keep thinking, all right, the, the hardest thing to do is when someone does what they in their so mind well. thought the impossible or they already got to the peak, how do you get them back up on their feet, Case, gear them back up and get them to lean forward again? Because what are you, do, what are you getting them to lean forward again about four? Yeah, to, to, to get from four to three. Yeah. And to yeah. get from three to two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're back to four. <laughs> yeah, but you got to, like, you got to, you have to, you have to gear him up to go. We, we're not there. You had a hell of a run, but we're not there. Yeah. So much to work on. So you much. You see those other up. pinnacles? That's 100%. A, yeah, right. Yeah. But, but if he can't see those pinnacles. Can't see them. But all this mountaintop 
gave us the ability to do is see other mountains. That's what I'm saying. That's it. But if the, if if they're clouded, clouded. Oh, <laughs> so but now let me give you the human side that people don't know. So people could have followed all that. They're like, yeah, we get all that. He calls and he goes, hey, what's an LA area code? I'm like, oh, well, three one zero is one, and this is one, and that's one. So he goes, might be old school. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> I'm just gonna send this to you. I don't believe it, and. He says all this stuff, and, and, and I'm reading it, and it's like, hey, Johnny, I hope you're in town. If not, this is this and this, but I hope I want you to come to my concert. Call my assistant. She'll be here and be for two days. I'd love to go out, and I go all the way through it, and I read it. At the bottom, Katy Perry. Ah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> then he sent me a text. Hey, Johnny, if you're ever in Los Angeles, I would love to connect, et cetera, et cetera. Keep doing what you're doing. I love what you're doing, et cetera. Bean Bryant, Kobe Bryant, then LeBron. So LeBron's with the Heat and invites him out to Miami. Come stay. He does. Packs a bag, goes and stays for a week. The Duck Dynasty guys, when they were monsters, four of them walk into the A&M football building. Coach, you good if we go hit with uh, your quarterback? I mean, they're talking the beard. All those guys told the – you're good if we take your quarterback out. He might have had meetings or something. Coach someone was like, yeah, yep, go, go. Out he goes. It just went. Your A-list people, Floyd Mayweather is hitting him, this and this and this. Fast forward. Is every time he's pinging you on this, so you're seeing the whole thing? Seeing or, the whole or thing. Does, does he at some point get so big where he loses touch during this process with you? The one thing that was kind of holding anchor. It got tighter, and it got tighter from a family standpoint. I can trust you standpoint. So it it got tighter. As his world got busier, we got tighter. And even with the family, the dad would say, hey, you need to get on down here and get your boy. He needs needs to this or that or whatever. And I'd say, all right, Paul, let me see what I can do. No, I don't see about shit. Get on (laughs) down there and get his admin, this and this and this. But his world's also changing. So his first week back from A&M, from the Heisman, he goes and he's walking up, you know, the the, the school outdoor hallway of whatever set of buildings. And I'm on the phone. He goes, you ain't going to believe this. I'm like, no, nothing. Believe nothing. Go to class. He's like, I can't. There's 400 people standing outside this building that they know I'm supposed to go to. They leak my class schedule. They got helmets and, and jerseys and all this stuff, and somebody's holding the bit, and they all want it signed. And right then, A&M put him on an online set of classes. That's the first time I ever heard anybody, like, doing that, right? Because all his classrooms swelled with onlookers and memorabilia people. Okay. So now you got to somehow – pull this hot air balloon back down to the ground yeah. and impress upon him. So he becomes, he, he starts saying, wait a minute, I got to the pinnacle. Then he flips it and he says, wait, I am the pinnacle. And you're like, whoa. whoa. Well, it kind of. He was very aware of what was happening, but there wasn't this automatic way of like responding to it. He's from a small town in Texas, Right. He only had, like, a handful of scholarship offers when he came out. Like he was never the star, sure. the megawatt dude. Until, until then. Until, yeah, until then. Yeah. So for me, and, and I know it, it, he probably still closed his eyes and can hear this statement, but the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Ah, uh, yes. 
Like you like this horse you're on, right? Yeah, yeah. Remember the minute, why? The minute you're off this horse, whether you get down off of it, get shot off of it, you slump down off of it, whatever. A branch falls, you're not paying attention, and it takes you off to it. You're back to square one. You like this horse? You got to feed this horse. You got to care for this horse. You got to make sure all your gear on this horse. You want to stay on this horse. In fact, you want this horse to get bigger, faster, stronger, so you guys can go places. You got to stay on here. The main thing is to keep your main thing. These people aren't reaching out because you're funny and they saw your stand-up. They're not reaching out because you're about to crack the new code on cancer. By the way, they're waving you at the peak. Yeah, correct. They see you at the peak. Correct. They weren't here in those dog days of summer at the no. Remac Fields at UCLA. Like they, no, they're seeing you on your stage. Under the lights. Under the lights. You happen to play at a big school that provides you this Broadway experience. So, fast forward. He has another great season. We have a lot of kind of big brother, little brother-like battles and sure. this and that. Sure. I'm telling Like I remember he called one time. Uh, about the Jonas Brothers the following spring. And he's supposed to be in San Diego, and we're supposed to get back to work. Leave your boys. He's got a turtle and an E, for those of you who have seen Entourage, right? Yeah. He has a turtle, a real, <laughs> a turtle and an E. And there's probably a couple Johnny dramas that are right there with him. <laughs> and I, I say, all of them guys, no. You come back like you did from the jump. It's kind of like Apollo and Rocky. No, forget all that stuff. We're going to train we don't have busted pipes and all this. It's still San Diego. But we got to get back to work. So he does. and But the phone's going off. A rapper will drop by. I'm like, man, that's uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, coach. Hey, man. And then so you got to kind of go with it a little well, bit. Well, he got to go with a, it a bit. He becomes a celebrity. He becomes a celebrity. Yeah, right. So, so then what I'm asking is during this time, you're recognizing that he's evolved from four-string to – one of the most famous college athletes of all time. One of the right. biggest sports at, like athletes in America, regardless at the, of at the with, time. Yeah, it, potentially yeah. the best football name ever. I mean, yeah, Johnny, correct. Fo- Johnny Football. <laughs> yeah, no, well, but Johnny Football becomes a persona. Almost, yes. Right. So you're recognized. So that's what I want to talk about at this time. As we talk about coaching, right? What are you doing as someone who's mentoring him at this time in his life? So, great question. I'm I'm trying to with my information with him be even punchier, even more succinct. Um, Don't write a paragraph of instruction for him. Three lines, bold, big font, and hammer him, hammer him, hammer That's it. There's no telling what's going on in his mind. Coach, right after you, I'm going to L.A. I got this country singer I'm taking out to dinner. She's going to be unreal, so you know that's looming. And when I get back, I'm going with such and such. Um, What's the pro golfer? from Texas, he was killing through that time. Speed? Younger guy, yes, Jordan Speed. Speed. So, Jordan Speed. So you know all these things that are dotting this calendar and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but he's here right now. You got to get the most out of this busy, overwhelmed, super talented youngster right now. And it's a great challenge for me. Roethlisberger was a is, different challenge. Is this the time when you, you are – is this the moment where you're training him to be prepared for the NFL draft? Is this where, you're, is this where we are? Yes. Yes, going through that process. His last so season at bowl A&M. Game, so bowl game. Bowl and game. And now you have, what, six weeks to get ready for the combine? Or uh, how, What's the timing on that? Yeah, like two and a half months. So you're dealing with bells and whistles everywhere. You're dealing with movie stars, rock stars. And Shiny you objects. Know, yep. You know that you have to prepare 
a quarterback. It's one thing to prepare a receiver. You got to run fast. You got to hit the combine skills. You know how to catch. Yeah. But in talk about mentality in in the context of training a quarterback and preparing him for the NFL combine to get drafted potentially number one. Yeah. What what is the most important thing that he has to do that day? Oh, on pro day. So all right, Wayne. So there's there's two main elements you got to do when you're getting guys ready for the draft. First of all, we got to sure up all the perceived weaknesses about you. You got to sure those up. So Casey LeBlanc hits the field. All these scouts, coaches, they have a running narrative of what they think he can and can't do. Let's keep with Johnny Manziel on this one. So what were yeah. his size was one. And how do you do that? Do you get? You, does he need a pair of my heels? <laughs> We could have talked to you back then. I'm telling you, he, he has ones in his shoe. Well, I mean, I'm here. a, I'm a, I'm a C-list celebrity too, so I could <laughs> right. have texted him and put him on a Barbusa VIP list. I thought you were in the B range. Well, thank at you, a minimum, thank you. Yeah. So, okay, so height. So his size, like yeah, not size. just height, size. size. Yeah, He's just, not even 200 pounds. And he yeah. wasn't, he wasn't really built, right? He's no. kind of lo- looks like Wynn's body, real <laughs> yeah. average. Yeah, he's like yeah. Wynn now, but even yeah. then, he yeah. was even. <laughs> Sternum to back was was yeah, it, he he was slight. Doesn't he, pass the eyeball test necessarily. No, you don't. No, <laughs> but what people got to understand in the draft for quarterbacks, there's three phases of it. There's the runway, what they flat out look like. Whoa, he's, this is yeah. a dog right here. Uh, he's yeah. there's a whole bunch of versions of six five two twenty. Sure. There's a yeah, and there's like a soft one or whatever. Yeah. But there's a runway, right? Then there is. The stone tablet. What you've already done. You can't take this away from me, right? I'm X X, and this is my film. Yeah, wins here. I only got two losses. This shit. This is in stone. You can't touch this. Yep. And then there's the narrative. So Jameis headwind, whole bunch of noise, super noisy at Florida State. A lot of this, that, and the other. Yes, he won, but damn, is he mature? This and headwind. Andrew Luck tailwind. Oh, this is a lock fire Hall you're, of Famer. You're just this, like, this. hey, let me get out of the way. Yeah. 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 Uh, Cam Newton, headwind. Mm-hmm. Didn't play in a pro-style system. He seems to do a lot just, of showboating. Just, just an athlete. Headwind, right? Manziel, too. Headwind, tornado, downwinds, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> no Which was his, his, size, his size and his mental makeup. Size, mental. Is he, is he a serious person? Focusable. Yeah, right. However you would say it. Yeah. We know we get you in a game and we squeeze you and all the rest of this stuff, but a multi-billion dollar franchise making an investment yeah because, in that position because you change our value with wins you change the the franchise's value going up playing in the playoffs yeah. playing in the super bowl head coach can maintain his job yeah. that left tackle can maintain Looks his like it's a total different so you're, deal you're a pro day okay yeah you're, you're there with him you're living this i mean you're living everything from day one right yeah does he go to the combine goes to the combine does not work out. Okay. Doesn't throw there, so he chooses to throw pro day because he's more comfortable there. No, it was a oh. show. no, we we worked our ass off. When I'm just going to just go ahead and be yeah. honest, we worked our ass off to get ready for the pro day. And the truth is, like we were supposed to leave on like a Tuesday or something like that to get in Indianapolis on yeah. Wednesday. It starts Wednesday. This guy says, "Hey, I'm going to go to L.A. Saturday. I'm just going to take this girl out, coaches." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." Tell You're her to come down LA here. Outside, Tell right? her to come to San Diego. Yeah. Don't you guys, I'll get you a nice little restaurant that we're not leaving San Diego. No, 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 coach, we're good, we're good. He goes up there Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night, an NFL agent calls, and he goes, you're aware of what your guy was doing. I was like, no. He's like, he was on a bender. 
Oh boy. He's like, he's on bar, he's on bar tops. He was getting it on, getting after it. He was like, you know, he's this, he's that. I'm like, oh my God. And I don't even know how he passed all the medical stuff when he got to the combine. So he was in no state. Because he's still trying to come down from that weekend, which is only two days away. Your whole life is coming to this trip to Indianapolis. All right, so you have the option. So obviously now we're not going to work. I think he ran and jumped, but we did not throw. Now he's sober. So this was the this was a key. If he was to throw, are, can you control the script? No, the combine is theirs. But the, Pro day is yours. Combine's theirs. Correct. Pro day, you can control the script. You're going to do this route. You're going to do this route. You're going to do this. And, and you shape it how you want. And, and that's and that's why a lot of guys don't throw. Correct. Yep. But I'm a, uh, always been a proponent of, no. If there's an opportunity, go take it. Especially for guys that need to. Of course. Yeah. And, and then you're right. Like luck didn't really need to. Yeah. If you kill it, you're supposed to. If a couple get away, then oh my gosh, the sky's falling. Luck could have done what Manziel did. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> he could have. But luck was like <laughs> he was not that. You know, guy, he huh? was like in his, well, his third dad, encyclopedia. His dad would have killed him if he knows his That's dad. Oh, old Oliver. <laughs> so we the I'm so furious at him, yeah. Johnny. Yeah. I'm I'm furious. We're we're post combine, and he's still kind of like dicking around and like the workouts and. Like, he's distracted. He's not sober until we go to lunch. We go sit down, and we ask the, the bars, will you turn that TV up? And Teddy Bridgewater had a horrific pro day. And they're killing him for it. This is the first major quarterback we've ever seen come apart. The workout was not good. And I'm like, will you turn that shit up? Turn that up. And Johnny was eating, and his fork just hits the plate. Like, we love Teddy. Teddy came out to San Diego and wanted to work out with us, with Johnny. So we're watching, and it's shocking. A pro day, you create win. Yeah. You write your own test. You prepare for your own That's test. That's the one you created. You studied the script, oh and God. you've done this over and over and over it again. It could be a fifth-grade spelling test. It could be a chem final at Yale. Yeah. You could make your own workout. He failed his own workout. That's rough. When the teacher gives you the answers, you still fail. I mean, I've heard of people that do that, but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's tough. Mm -hmm. And no matter what channel you turned, uh, Teddy po Teddy Bridgewater bombed and bombed and yeah. bombed. And I turn and look at our guy and I go, you get it now, yeah? And he goes, Whew. yeah. I didn't think it was ever going to be that serious. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking serious. Yeah, it's a, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, it's right? serious. Yeah. It's so, because is he thinking at this time, like, hey, it's a breeze. Check, well, no, but it's like, check the tape. Well, yeah, like check hey, the tape. I'm a Heisman guy. Like at this point, well, I got who's every reaching out to you and your ego and everything's rolling. Oh, correct. You're, nothing's losing. It's you're a foregone conclusion win. Yeah. It's a foregone yeah. conclusion. People that know the game don't know the game. Some yeah. big suit here, some DJ you met in Ibiza, this, that, the other. You're a star. You're going to kill it. And you inhale that stuff enough, that's all you Boy, start breathing. And, and is there not a distinction between. Uh, confidence and, uh, you know, ego, ego and, and where narcissism, narcissism and confidence, particularly in the context of sports yeah. is, is a very interesting line to walk because as well, an athlete, you have to believe that you're going to do something. So this, yeah. So it's, a, this is still a good story to go through with yeah, that. Keep, so yeah, so no, but, keep but, going. So, but no, but to that point of, all right, so Johnny does what Johnny does, right. And, and that's part of it, but he gets broken at some point in the league mm -hmm. through, you know, mentally, mm -hmm. How how were you? In, in, yeah, I mean, how were you influential in that? What what was your role but as? But he kind of wins because he get. What, let's say, he, where does he get drafted? 
Cleveland. I mean, no, what, he, what no, round? he does one. Oh, first. Yeah. No, but he doesn't win because what happens to him after that? You keep you keep drinking oh, the juice. But I'm saying, at, right. at, for a moment, he thinks he's done it. Well, I yeah. Mean, right? Was, was that still guaranteed go. money too? Hell yeah, that was guaranteed. Was that well? St- could, yeah, that was guaranteed money. You have to by well, the draft. No, but the old, the old, yeah, 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 the, the old backs, deal. the old pullback. So he didn't make shit. that. He didn't make that much money. The contract was for like twenty or twenty-two. I don't know okay. if he's. I, I doubt he saw it all. No. Um, There's some clawback he, language that they, it's not there. Anymore. He felt incredible pressure going to Cleveland. Yeah. He calls me in training camp. He he's maybe four or five days in. We're just in training camp, and he goes. He goes, what's good? And he's asking about the other college quarterbacks. I'm like, they're good, they're good. How are you doing? He yeah. goes, it's cold up here. Yeah. And I didn't know what cold meant. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's August. And know. he goes, no, no like. wants to see me, yeah. Yeah. He goes, when meetings are over, these dudes roll home. Or their agents outside or whatever. He goes, I miss college so much. Mm. He goes, you walk it's out of a team a meeting at A&M, 10 guys are going to get wings. Yeah. Eight guys are going with you to go bowl. He goes. Everybody's married. Everybody's they're people, grown men. They're grown it, ass it's, men. Yeah. It's interesting it, when we met with so Bud Dupree, first round, uh, played for the yeah. Steelers. He's with the Titans right now, yeah. right? It was interesting. You know, the culture of every team is different too, mm-hmm. and the culture at that time in Cleveland is the it's it's you know you put your hat on your your lunch pail, you go to work, you go home. Mm-hmm. There's no attitude and chemistry to win. Whereas one of the things that culture. I'll never forget about Bud and talking about the Steelers was first of all the older guys kind of took him around the arm and said. This is how we win. And oh, by the way, cool. we're going to be together. And you see it. The Steelers is a successful franchise, and I think that there's been this culture that's sure. been there for many years, and you're speaking to that right now. I, yeah, I just oh, think yeah. it's relevant to say Well, that. yeah, no, it is. It's Detroit. It's Cleveland. It's all the team, the Jaguars. There's, there's I mean, lack of culture. Starts at the top. Well, but anyways, well, his, his wasn't so much. I don't want to disparage the, the Browns because they sell out games when they're 0-16. And he goes, the guys are great. He just, yeah. he just His point was... There's no, you don't have homeboys that want to just stick and hang. Hey, Casey, we're going to go get, oh, oh you got to pick your kids up? I got you. When are we going to roll yeah. and go? Come on, man. I, I just saw a bullet. I got film to study, man. Yeah. It's a business. I, it's I'm a playing business. Aaron Donald like Sunday, like, like two weeks from now. I'm, I'm yeah. No, I got my masseuse coming over it. Like, but he, he wasn't doing that, though, right? Like, So no. he was not taking he the said, professional aspect give, of it. I'll give anything to go back to A&M. Remember, he came out that's, as a sophomore. That's what a lot of players from tech from the state of Texas say, whether it's Texas yeah. or A&M. They will say that the NFL is almost a buzzkill. Right? Well, he, I, I just mean, don't <laughs> think he was it, – it broke my heart to hear him. I would give any – it's just training camp rookie year. I would give anything to go back yeah, to that's, college. that's tough. So, so tell me, what, what in your opinion, because this is such a mental position, physical, yes, but mental, walk me through – some of the traits that make greatness oh, out of perfect. this position. One, and it's an it's a evolving thing, but you got to know who you are. Joe Burrow doesn't try to be Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow doesn't try to be Tom Brady. Brady never tried to be this. Like you got to, this is who I am. Feet on the ground in the morning. I brush my teeth this way. I walk out my front door this way. I drive around this particular. You got to be you. If you're a towel waver, it mean, that probably means you're on your feet watching a movie or a game or something like that. You're big, you're animated, whatever. So you lead like that. But if you're more reserved and you want to read the room and all the rest of that stuff, you, you also got to be you too. At the end of the day, when all those personalities dovetail into the, that junction, 
you still have a charge of taking all these men in this building and getting from some place to another place. It's still your charge. So however you're going to do it. So leadership is one. And I always thought that was central. It's leadership and conflict. Leading is great. Leading is almost like a conductor. If I just guide or steer or turn, like, hey, we're all going uh, this direction. Roll. But what happens if something's on the tracks or what happens when there's a loud sound in the back? I have to go back and figure out what that, like, are you good with conflict? And that doesn't mean you're the loudest, biggest, brassest, like, very rarely is the quarterback the biggest, ma- nastiest dude in the locker room. Like, probably Cam, probably Tebow. There's probably another guy or two out there that's probably existed. But that loudmouth receiver and that left guard are going at it. Do you have the balls? Do you have the urgency to step in and, and squash it? If you have a, a bullying nature, and you guys have both been on teams, sometimes if the head coach or leadership is quieter, somebody else picks that up yes. in the room. Okay, I'm the dog. And it's not you. Do you have the guts to check him right now? Hey, sit down. We're not going that direction. Hey, like, do you have that ability? Do you have ability to check a buddy of yours? Hey, when you're dogging it, pick that shit up. You're half-stepping. We need that. Or whatever. Like, do you have that ability? Like, Mariota, my mind, didn't. Yeah. It just wasn't his personality. And then Manziel, he does, but... I don't even know if he was always tuned in all the time because his self was always such a big project. You, know, you touched on something very critical that, we, that we've spoken about before. I, I think the role of personality in the context of recognizing leadership is key. key. And people are just starting to learn how important it is to literally not necessarily categorize someone's personality, but understand tendencies because there's, I would guess, and I want to know your opinion on this, is there not a certain frequency of personality traits that it's going to probably manifest a better opportunity for a quarterback to win? In the yes. Yeah. Yes, there is. And you can, le- you can look at that early on. It's the kids who, I don't know how young you want to get, but middle school, junior high, I need somebody to read in class. They may not be the first one, but, yeah, I got yeah. you. Or it's the one who, and I don't know if you guys ride school buses. I don't think I ever see school bus anymore. It's not the short one. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Um, a problem on the bus. Ten rows in front of me. Yeah. Something's happening to somebody. I see it like everybody else, and I also recognize nobody else is going to step in on this. This is on me. Yeah. It's my bus. Yeah. Right? Those type of personalities, the – the idea that the space I'm in has to hold to my standard. I'm in the locker room. I don't want to hear all that shit. Like when you go into the old Patriots locker rooms or the old Buccaneers deal, I guarantee you those players have a certain way and they will warn all four of us before we walk in, hey, you might want to not do whatever you're doing. Tom's in here. So this idea of alpha, right? This alpha presence uh, co- the command of others and in, in the situation, mm-hmm. what, <laughs> how, how do you, how do you develop that? I mean, some of it is we talk about leadership too. The same question, alpha, mm-hmm. all these traits, born, bred, and then we're gonna we're going to 
turn that into the into your next venture that we want to talk about yeah. as far as leadership. But let's start with this. Mm -hmm. From that leadership or that alpha or that dog or that presence, how are you developing that from a coaching standpoint? Can you develop it? Is it born? You talk about middle school. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you have to have some sort of platform or foundation mm -hmm. to get there. But if you have it, like that it factor, right? Right. It feels like a lot of quarterbacks, they, they, they got it. Right. Right. The ones that are good, like the ones that play, the ones that – do well on and they do well in anything that they touch in life. So tell right. me a little bit about that and what what your views are on that or how you how you see that from a coaching perspective. So let's start with the it factor. To me, it's charisma and a willingness to be out in the front. And you connect those two things. And you can't teach that, right? Not always. Yeah. But you so. well, but can you identify it and then extract it out? Yes, you can identify it, you can encourage it. Yeah, I take that back. You just ask, can you not teach it? Yeah, you can point to a model. And then, you know, I could bring Chris Paul in here and I could be like, when? Now let's watch him. Let's see. Let's this. Let's that. You, you like him, yeah? You're like, yeah, and I aspire to him. I, so to leadership, this question, the, the person that asked me about leadership the most of anybody I ever trained was Jalen Hurts. And I spent three weeks with Jalen Hurts between Alabama and Oklahoma. So we're, we're in yep. Norman, Oklahoma now. He is a brand-new Sooner. And we're down there. We're in the indoor, and he's got some receivers. This is dog days of summer, right? They don't have practice. It's like June. He just Seven spent months. the spring. <laughs> so we would sit at this little taco shop he liked. Sometimes we talk about in the field, but we got a lot of our dialogue at the taco shop. And he goes, who do you think are great leaders? And I'd roll the question back to him. And then he would say, well, Kobe for sure, and this guy for sure, but is he a great leader? He's like, I really like that, and I don't want to say the athlete. But he's like, I really like him, and he really produces, but his teams are always losing. Do you need to win to be a great leader? And then you delve into all that type yeah. of stuff. He was like, how could you be the front of a losing organization and then be considered a leader? He says, don't leaders lead up? I said, well, what if you're getting six, seven wins a, a year, but if – not for you, it'd be one or two. Yeah. I said, you don't know where they started to just put that judgment on that particular athlete. So he was delving into stuff. What books do I need to be reading? Wow. Yep. What, why do they say this about Derek Jeter? Well, he wasn't looked at as a, a phenom athletically. He wasn't this athletic. But his plays weren't always scripted. They weren't always textbook. They were timely. They needed him. He always had this urgency about him when it mattered most. He was like, well, how come other guys can't go into Like, so Jalen always understood. That's a 35-year-old, 24-year-old. So, right? so you think, you predict that he's going he's gonna to be fantastic? Fantastic. Really? Wow. When the Eagles drafted him, I immediately texted a buddy at Nike, and I said, he will be starter by... November. Carson Wentz will turn and politely hand the torch over <laughs> to Jalen Hurt. And this is his year. Wow. Yeah. So he's, he's, that is fascinating though, because it feels like a lot of quarterbacks being in that position, especially at that level, they stop. Oh, there's only a few, and you would know this better than I would, but it mm -hmm. feels like there's only a few that study to be elite in leadership because it comes so That's naturally. True. That's true. I have never heard of quarterbacks studying leadership. And you know who else did that? Mm. Kobe Bryant. Yep. He studied leadership. He studied guys he studied that were great. He studied MJ. He studied yeah. MJ, but he studied, on top of that, he studied 
different sure. forms yeah, yeah, of yeah, leadership no, and business and different like, lanes. Absolutely. Different lanes. But you're right about Kobe and MJ. I saw a clip like two months ago. Someone in his life said, "Yeah, he was studying how he walked. Yeah, yeah. he studied how he chewed respond, gum. Chewed gum. Did interviews. Yeah. What shoes he was wearing. Like everything to the detail. But and a lot, a lot of people probably set out to do it, and at one point was like." Oh, he did it. I'm, I'm done trying he to scale this. Man. He did it. That's the closest carbon copy we'll ever have. Yep. Let's talk about the program that you're doing now. Yes. Yep. Let's talk about leadership as it pertains to this program that you're doing. So you're taking one-on-one -on -one coaching, then you're building the business, and now you're getting into the leadership and the mental side of it, but using the U.S. military, specifically Navy SEAL. Yes. Walk us through this program and what... Oh, my God. I'm excited. We saw the video. We're going to clip it into, the, into, our YouTube, into our YouTube of the podcast, but tell us about this program. I... So the, the very first email I made on this program is 2008. We didn't get it done until 2019. Right. It's an 11 year run and it, you know, it evolved, but effectively I was trying to find out, can you build alpha into somebody? Mm. If they're a good player and a good guy and he's really nice and he's really friendly and he's with this and this and this, like, where can you find, like, can I put lightning into this person or, you know, from just, a business perspective, I've been trying to find it, yeah. bottle it up. And I will sell it for top dollar on the open yeah, market sure. because if people have confidence, if they have this alpha confidence, but it's also a humble, correct, along with all of it. If you could bottle something like that up, and somebody who can charge. When we talk <laughs> with quarterbacks having a pilot light, yeah, you got to have that pilot light, that inner light that stays on, that's yeah. going to keep the machine going. The bigger the pilot light, the hotter. The yeah. So I would ask different individuals, John Lynch. Or Marshall Falk, guys that lived around, said, can you come talk to our quarterbacks? We had always in the spring all these college quarterbacks. Fast forward, a lot of good stuff from them, great stuff. But I wanted to go further. So I got put in touch with the Navy SEAL. I go to a coffee shop and I ask him, can you build Alpha into someone? And his name is Captain Tom Chavey, who now lives in Florida. And now he partners with me on this program. So over time, he answered it by saying, we have officers every year in the military. We have officers every year in the Navy SEALs. Not all those guys are born like Braveheart. Yeah. There are core components through training. You can evolve to or aspire up to, and at some point you have to make your own decision. Are you going to step across the threshold and be that thing? That is fantastic. That is just a great answer on leadership. Yeah. Because that you, you, it's just like I can't compel you guys to be courageous. Courage is a choice. Something imminent is happening, right? Young child wobbling on a ladder. Do I either get up and go secure the situation? Fight or, or flight. <laughs> right. But you, I can't say, Casey, go be courageous. Right. It's a, it's a self, implicit. it's an implicit inner deal. Same as leadership. And leadership is much more than, I'm just going to lead by example. Because if you do what you're supposed to do, you do what I'm supposed then that's just a bunch of dudes just doing what they're supposed to do inherently you have to get people to go with you right for a mission for a cause for this for that so but don't navy seals just to that point yeah. it's not just about getting them to go with you the navy seal model and i've, I've studied this and read some of it is that whatever you're doing right now mm -hmm. you've got 40 percent more yes so they're not just bringing people along they're saying hey if we don't tap into that 40 percent we're just yeah we might get there right but how are we going to be elite 
Correct. Right? Like that extra 40% makes people from, it goes from good to great. And then great to elite. Yeah. And then elite to people are going to talk about you in books. And, Correct. And, like it's just a different type of I, thing. And I think that there, there there's a role in sports that gets close to that. Obviously, that is the next level. But I think sports can teach you that in business. If, yes. if there's a coach that gets more out of you, particularly, I mean, in our context, spring ball is the worst, right? You're getting up at 6 a.m. You have no games to look forward. And you're wondering why the hell you're, you know, you're getting out there and, and working your ass off. But it's the co- if it's the coach that says, look how much you can do. Right? What is what is the military part portion of this? Because you've yeah. been talking to Navy SEAL, and you've got military, and then you've got football, and where and you talked about alpha and how you how you can maybe develop this within it within an athlete. So talk a little bit about so the program. I'll, I'll jog through it. I asked Captain Chaby because I found out that the SEALs host so many teams. The Yankees come out there for a day or two. Yeah. The Red Wings come out for a day or two. Cowboys were in there. The Mets are in there. The Giants are in like, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And he goes, yeah, quietly. They come in. They study with us. They roll out. I'm like, could we do that? He's like, a team? I'm like, well, a collection of quarterbacks. And he's like, yeah, sure. And then as I kind of got the yes, I thought, but a day is not enough. So I'm like, what if, could we come in for two days? Yeah, you could, but this, but that. And he goes, well, could we come in for three days? And he goes, well, if you're going to bring guys in from to San Diego, you don't want three days with the SEALs. I'm like, you don't? You're the, you're the head of them. Yeah. He goes, yeah, but you want to go study with the Marines. And you also want to go study with the, with the pilots and sailors at the Navy. Like, they all have different leadership styles. That's fascinating. Mm. And so I had to write to the Joint Chiefs. I had to write to all these people in D.C. as a civilian. And you get up and you get up and you get up. And then email comes back. Well, Officer LeBlanc is now re-enrolled. A set. You got to start. I'm like, oh, and so that's why it took so long. You're this right. Is just and, like your start in in in, in, in training in training yeah. football. Yeah. So proven model. So let's just <laughs> pioneering something yeah. new. You got to yeah. you got to bang down a lot of doors to find the right uh, the right hole. So yeah, we so I'm just gonna jog through it. We finally get it. I wanted a four day master class. I thought four days would be strong. Sure. We wanted a day with the seals, a day with the marines. And then we met an officer, Commander Flanders, who said, I'm going to put you guys on aircraft carriers off Mexico. We'll fly to them day, night, day. And you'll watch pilots and sailors and the admiral. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, we, we do it. We pull it off. We invite 15 college quarterbacks. And most are from the Big Ten because it's the summertime. And I'm trying to think of this military it's also the thing. best conference, but go ahead. It is. I think so. Yeah. And, oh, so... Yeah. But the SEC is in media days, the Big 12s in media days. I'm like, man, I forgot the calendar. So I want you guys to picture this. We're in the SEALs. This is our day three. We got all these youngsters and some starters. And Kalen Newton is there. Kalen Newton is Cam Newton's little yeah. brother. Yeah. Known him since he was third grade. But he was also freshman of the year in his conference at Howard. So great. Black college representation. Come on out. He comes out. He's an alpha. Navy, when we finished with them, each unit said, that's, that's the guy we would want to have. Wow. We go to the Marines up at Pendleton. We spend eight hours up there. That's the, everybody did that, even the SEALs. Oh, and are they looking at physical and mental? Or They're just looking at mental and how presence, you can galvanize sure. your own grit. They all had their own different composites. But and they every, all said every, every dialogue Caleb, or the military said the same thing. He swept. Guy. And he's up there with two quarterbacks from Michigan, two from 
uh, Michigan State, a kid from Maryland, a kid from Indiana, Michael Penix, who's now at Washington. All these guys, and they're looking at this like one double-A kid from Howard. So fast forward. We're in the Navy SEALs. They have what they call a wet room. It's a big, cold, concrete-floored, metal-chaired, giant kind of like classroom conference room, right? It's got a mini stage. And they just did this incredible presentation, and all the players are sitting there, and they gave them all these MREs, which is the meal packs for those of you that sure. don't. And then they, that's the lunch. These guys are open that up, and they don't really know. So half of them are like, I guess I'm going to go hungry because I don't know what this thing <laughs> does with this. And so they bring up three retired Navy SEAL commanders. One's 60, one's 50s, one's 40, and the three go sit up on the stage. And I got my 15 quarterbacks and me planted in there. And so they say, all right, fellas. And then, and then the three of them look like they're a combined 88 and one in fistfights. <laughs> right. And the one was probably a cheap shot, but they're, they're grizzled and gritty. Yeah. Like they just look like, so they just sit there calmly and they go, all right, we don't have a big speech. But if you guys got questions, we got answers. Simple. And so up goes Kayla. That was the first thing they said. First thing. Right. We got answers if you guys got questions. How are you doing? And just real low tone. The SEALs have no, they do not dance in the end zone. I learned that about SEALs. Yeah, sure. They have a disproportionate uh, level of chess playing. Most of them are wrestlers or swimmers in college. They're from the mid-Atlantic, like 5'8 to 5'11. Like, that's SEALs. All right. So, Kalen Newton pops his hand up. And this story, like, rattles me to this day. And he goes, sir... I would like to know what you do when you have a teammate who dogs it. And they do just what we're doing. They nod. They listen. He goes, tell me about him. He goes, well, I have an offensive lineman. If there's a corner to cut, he'll cut it. If there's a line to touch, he ain't going to touch it. Every time we go to battle, he's the one that we have to drag out there. And he's going and he's going and he's going. So it's less of a question, and it's more yeah, like, like he, got, he found like a pull pit. Yeah. So the other quarterbacks, these dudes are like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they got their own guys they're thinking about. And now it's turned into like a mini revi uh, uh, revival. Yeah. Kalen is back here, Pastor Kalen. He's going foot stomping. <laughs> Pastor Kalen. And he finally, he goes, and he goes, I'd rather go on the field with 10 men than take that 11th guy out there who ain't. And then I swear five or six of them are, hell yeah, that's what I'm talking And then as they settled and those three commanders sat and they chilled and they listened to him and they let him get it all out and he, he got himself down. He went a good three minutes with this and it's eerie quiet. And the one in the middle, he goes, how well do you know that man? And it took the air out of the yeah. room. And he goes, are you sure you know what that man's battling? Yeah. Your life is structured in such a way that football, you can pour your heart, soul, and energy to it. Is his life structured like that? Wow. Do you know if he's carrying family? Do you know if he's battling demons? Do you know if he's battling something so much bigger than football that you couldn't imagine? Does he hear your voice when he's not wearing pads? Does he cut across campus? And get a call from you. And everybody in the room, self-included, you're just going yeah. shorter and shorter and shorter. And he drove the point home and he goes, you assume he comes out of his front door like you do. So because you have to make the assumption, 
because you haven't made that extra investment, there's a gap. You're getting it wrong, and you're really frustrated by your lack of understanding and what's going on with him. He goes, when we get dropped out of helicopters, and we're off the coast of Africa, and we got to come up on some beach at 3 a.m. with our comms in and all our understandings, I don't have to worry about the eight or ten guys coming up behind me. I'm invested. And they don't have to worry about me. There's no frustration. And they ain't frustrated in me because we're tied like that. We're woven like that. He goes, I encourage you and the rest of you who seem to also be on that same train, invest in your men. You don't like where he's at? Bring him along with you. You don't like what he's thinking? Set him down and get him on his right mindset. He goes, because who does he really play for? And he left the question. And I remember, I'll never forget, the youngster who's now at Michigan, Cade McNamara, he goes, me. And then the rest of them quietly, me, me, me. Is that not uh, when we had uh, Guy McIntyre, who was a perennial 49er, played yeah, in Joe Montana? Yeah, i uh, Bill. It just goes back to Bill Walsh. And, and what we, what we uh, gleaned from that was that, you know, part of winning, a very important part of winning and leading, just mm-hmm. leadership in general, is taking genuine interest in yep. every single human yeah, being. And if you don't do that collectively as a unit, you're not going to win. And that story is just like, is that not just it's an incredible story? And it is interesting because when he started telling, hey, here's my issue, here's my question. And then the rest of them started to buy my, yeah, I do know something like that. So they almost had all, almost like the sheep mentality of like, yeah, we would, we would yeah, play yeah. with 10. Yeah. Right. No, you right. need 11 to win. You play with 10, Correct. you've already lost. Yeah. You've already yeah. lost. Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Great. Okay, so we got to wrap up. Before yeah. we let you go, mm-hmm. we're now in the 2022 football season. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's going to win the national title? Who's going to be a sleeper team? Mm-hmm. And, and give us something that you're looking for at the quarterback position as you evaluate this year in college football. Oh, my gosh. Let's fire away here. Have some <laughs> fun at the end. Hate to go chalk. It will be Alabama. Ohio State and Alabama. I don't even know where the game is. Vegas, Miami. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame we don't do it in San Diego because we didn't build a great big. But it'll be Ohio State and Alabama. I think they have the best general on the field in Bryce Young. Just battle-tested and full disclosure. Are you coaching him? We worked with him when he was a middle schooler in L.A. Um, but he, he, if you click on a Bryce Young highlight clip, it's always navigate, 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 navigate. I'll find my way down. Yes, he's leading the Roman army, but yes, he's talented. C.J. Stroud, best pure passer in the game uh, for Ohio State. I just did a, a, a show just a couple days ago, and I asked the two gentlemen who football guys, I said, if the Big 12 had an all-star team, could they beat Ohio State? And then these guys are older football guys, and they go, no. Wow. No, Ohio. The State. best player on every team, the best, could you not may, beat Ohio State. No. I've, I've heard that this team is Ohio State. Oh, you mean this year? This year, yeah. yeah. They the look like, in particularly, yeah. It's like a Marvel comic book yeah. deal coming out. So I think those two will be sleeper team. So the two best, the two best quarterbacks are playing for the two best teams. Yes, with an addendum on Caleb Williams out here at USC. Yeah, and I just told those guys at, at College Football Live we did the other day. That's Kendrick Lamar meeting Aaron Rodgers. If those two went into a sure. phone booth and they sure. came out the other side, it'd be Caleb Williams. Yeah. He's scary. He's got swag. Yeah. The confidence is just overflowing. Wow. 
USC on the West Coast, there is no other monster really. Like no. Oregon is kind of, but that's if you've a been monster. To, Eugene is a little different than LA. Oh. If you're, no, if you're, because if you're good, the energy out of you. Because if you're good in sorry LA, for anybody who's listening from Eugene, but. if you're good in, if you're great in LA, yeah. you're you're a super, you're, you're yeah. Johnny Football, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it's a different beast out there. So that I don't have a a, a sleeper per se. Who who do you watch on on Saturday? Do you watch West Coast football? Do you watch players? Do you watch teams? Oh my god! I'm he watches the Big Ten conference. I'm, I'm watching everybody. I'm trying to I'm trying to really watch three games at once. You have yeah. your one on, and as soon as they go to commercial, you know who your your second tier game is at the exact yeah. same time. Sure. And then you're recording the third game because I'm, I can't watch it, but I will. I just like to be up to speed, and more so, yeah, players and this and that. But I started this when I was younger. And I only did it because a, a mentor of mine got his, they got rocked. And I wrote him a note when they got beat. And then remember the USA Today, you turn the sports page over and they list all the college football games. Yeah. With the, with the betting lines. <laughs> yeah. That's how I knew. Yeah, but sure. <laughs> Nova Scotia beats pe- peanut butter and jelly yeah. state by a field goal. I'm like, oh, wow, they finally won. Yeah. So I started writing notes to coaches who got beat. Yeah. yeah. And then I picked every week. Now it's just like a religion. I picked six coaches. You go through tough loss. Oh my God, it's so bad. It, it, You're still it doing only, this. Oh yeah, handwritten it, letters, handwritten every week, and probably four or five lines, right? <laughs> Coach LeBlanc, hang in there. Yeah, yeah. every they're, week. They're, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna follow you. These things take time. It's only gonna hold with your own conviction. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here with you. That's GW. That's, that's genius. I right. love that. And then so, but but just because coaches tell me, well, hell, everybody hears from you when you win. Crickets when you get beat. Yeah. And one coach, really his wife, he didn't tell me. I, I saw him at an off-season function. She goes, your note's on our fridge. Wow. She goes, he was so down in the dumps, and people are putting sale signs in our yard and this, that, and the other. And here comes this little note from San Diego, comes in here. And it yeah. wasn't even a letter. It's just a note. The old buy on the dip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I try to just, you're in the community. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I care. Yeah. I yeah. care. Yeah. I might not have physically seen you in two years, but we're on the horn. Yeah. I want you to do well. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. It. Well, listen, uh, thank you so much. This is I've had so much fun. Obviously, as, as as all of us collectively former athletes, it's always fun to to talk about sports, but then to be able to twist it into applying it to life skills, business, and, business yeah. and everything that that that's a, this is what this podcast is about. So thank you very much for for coming here. This is uh, my worst and favorite part. I have to say, mm. audience, listen. We're on every platform. Look, we're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on all that stuff. Download us, like us. Keep sending us messages. It's fun. We can always respond. Um, and for me, uh, that, that's about a wrap. That's yep. it. Hey, George, you're the man. I appreciate it, buddy. Man, thank uh, you, thank for you the, very much. The opportunity. Really to go appreciate and, it, bro. <laughs> so we'll we'll do this tomorrow. Get the part two in. Stay tuned. Part two yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go. let's boost a little bit, maybe. There you go. Who knows? <laughs> all right. Thank you.